Hello everyone, this is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. Well, we are back again, ready to get into one more segment of the podcast. Want to welcome you for joining me again as we are going to continue our series on Culture Clash. I believe this is a series. This series is one of the most important that I could bring to you when it comes to the macro perspective of the church, of the kingdom of God what we're supposed to be doing, who we are as believers, what are we supposed to be accomplishing in the earth? What is the assignment that was given to us by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ? And that was to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. The kingdom of God is simply God's way of doing things. It is his system, his order, his rule on the earth in which he wants men to to abide by, to submit to, so that we could establish his ways of righteousness, morality, integrity, ethical practices in the earth, love like him and live like him. That is the kingdom of God. And that is the assignment that he gave to the church to go into the earth to establish it. The reason we've been calling this culture clash is because there is an existing culture in the earth if the kingdom has to come. And Jesus ran up against it. John the Baptist ran up against it. Peter, Paul, James, John, everybody was pushing against this other system, which is called the kingdom of darkness that was in the earth, meaning that there was also another system of morality and ethics and thinking and behavior and living that clashed with the teachings of Christ. And, and it caused so much sorrow, so much pain. So I love making this statement that God's ways are not just right. They are best. And anybody that has come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God can testify that God's ways are so much better. And so that's our assignment to get the world to think like God, to live like God, to act like God, to conduct business like God, to do things the way he does them, to have the righteousness and peace and joy and and to have nations function like that and to have families function like that and to have people function like that. That is the assignment. And so we've been talking about these seven mountains because we're finding out that there are basically seven um, cultural spheres in which dominate the way we act and do things here in the earth. And so I want to name those seven just in case this is your very first time. If this is not your first time, please just indulge me. Just listen to just a second because I am going to jump to a brand new one because we are on number four in this culture clash of these seven spheres of culture. And so I want to name them for those that are just joining me. Number one, you've got family out of the family sets the moral code. To a, to a person, to a nation. Number two, you have the church or the religious mountain. There has to be some spiritual connection. Number three, you have business and finance. You can't function in the earth without it. 
Number four, you have government. Number five, you have education. Number six, you have arts and entertainment. And number seven, you have media. What people have discovered, great men like Bill Bright, Lauren Cunningham, and then in this last couple of decades, Lance Wall now bringing this revelation that in all that we're doing in the church, it is basically these seven, these other six mind molders that are are shaping culture, shaping the behavior, the ways, the actions of people. And so the church has been this standalone, separated, segregated entity when in all actuality, Jesus said we are to be like leaven. We are to be actually functioning in these seven spheres, not apart from them, in them, making sure that they are shaped by the gospel and the ways and the morality of Jesus Christ. So now we at number four, which is government. Um, I don't have to tell you <laughs> how much attention has been put on government since President Donald Trump has been elected to office because he was an outsider and because he was a billionaire, he was an entertainer. He was a business mogul. He already had fame. We had never had a famous president. Uh, Ronald Reagan was probably as close as you can get back before I was born. Uh, John F. Kennedy was a pretty, from what I read in history, a pretty notable um, semi kind of famous president that that garnered that kind of attention. Um, thus, the theme Camelot and all of that. But but nothing like this, nothing, nothing with the hysteria around government, nothing like the attention, the news media, uh, everything, television, everywhere you go, people are talking about Trump. President Trump and just so much about it. it was inundated on Facebook. People are talking, fighting, bickering, family members falling out, all types of foolishness surrounding all of this um, when it comes to just the attention and the interaction about it all. So you have to ask your question, why? What is going on here? I am glad, first of all, that the attention of people is on government because that's how we live our lives as American citizens. We live our lives as a republic. A lot of times people say America is a democracy. It's really not a democracy. It's a republic. And we live our life under the rule of this republic. And so government, who is supposed to be working for us, is such a huge part of what we do, the laws passed that we have to live up under, the legislation that comes down, the things that function, how we function in schools and property and just the whole nine yards, moral codes and what is allowed and what is not allowed and, and what is deemed lawful and legal and right. This is huge. And the church, until seemingly President Trump got into office, has been asleep on how government function, 
What's the role of it? What is it doing in into our lives? And we should have been on it from day one because there is a verse in Isaiah chapter number nine. And by the way, if you're waiting for me to turn this into a podcast about President Trump, that is not what you're about to get. You are about to get what is the purpose for government. And so I want you to focus on all that. And later on in some podcasts, I will be talking about politics and the role of it and President Trump and and everything that Christian people ought to look into. But this is not this is not the focus for today. I'm glad the attention is on it so that we can now begin to set a biblical standard on why the church should have been involved in that mountain all this time shaping the government and also having people in the government. We need legislators. We need senators. We need congressmen. We need House of Representatives. We need governors. We need mayors. We need presidents. We need people of God in the rule of governing the earthly affairs of men. And so Jesus said this, actually Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. In Isaiah chapter number nine, verse number six said this, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be up on his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful. Uh, well, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't want to talk about that part. I want to I want to focus on that one phrase and the government shall be up on his shoulders. Jesus came to bring a government to the earth, a way to govern the earth and govern people on it. That's what Jesus came to bring, which is why. In Matthew chapter number four, verse number 17, his first words after coming out of the Jordan River is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. What is that saying? That Jesus came to function as a king of a kingdom and to bring that kingdom, that King dome. That's a compound word. It king means ruler. Domain is where we get the word dome or dominion from. And so all a kingdom is, it's the king's dominion over a territory. Jesus said the earth is the territory in which I have become king over. And I want to bring my kingdom. We would call it a government my government to the earth. I want to govern people. That's the thing that got Israel in trouble in the first place is that the Bible declares that they wanted a king, a natural king like the other nations of the world, rejected God being their sovereign king and wanted a natural king. God gave them one. He gave them one in Saul and it did not turn out right. And God at that moment began to raise up David, a king after my own heart. Why? God wants to establish through men in the earth, his 
kingdom. And what we should be doing when we elect every president, every mayor, every governor, we should be looking for who can God rule through. Oh, this is so important because people don't even know how to vote. We vote for all this frivolous stuff. And the bottom line to voting is we are looking for people in which the kingdom of God can use in the earth to funnel the kingdom of heaven down to the earth so that God can rule through men and bring his ways his his blessing, his peace, his joy to the people of God. And so what you're looking for in a politician is who can God rule through? Who will best align themselves with the ways of God for a city, for a state and for a nation? Because Jesus is very clear. He came to bring a kingdom. That's why every election, the church needs to be the deciding factor because we have the template. We have the litmus test. We, we know how to judge. We simply bring the kingdom of God to the forefront and say, which one of you is going to reflect God's government? Because this American government, this European government, Canadian government, Australian government, this, the, all the governments of the earth are supposed to be under the government of God. That's why the Bible says we ought to pray for all leaders, kings, and those who are in authority, prime ministers, presidents. But the Bible told us what to pray. We ought to, we ought to pray for them that they come to the knowledge that there is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. That's what God wants. And so what we have is we have a lot of politicians that are not even interested with God's ways. Matter of fact, they get in, they lay their hands on their on the Bible to be sworn in, but then they kick the Bible out of all of their legislation. Something is wrong here. And because the church has totally given that mountain up Well, we don't get involved in politics, well, we don't talk about politics. Well, you better talk about it, because if you don't talk about it, how are the people going to know what to vote for? And you end up electing people who come in and change all types of laws into immorality and unrighteousness and ungodliness. And it is because the church refused to set the standard for that mountain. And it is time for us, while all of this hoopla is now focused on government and focused on politicians, it is time now to educate the church on what we need to do as kingdom people to make sure that the government of this earth lines up with the government of God. And you've got to know these things. You've got to know who you're voting for. People tell me all the time, well, I don't really, I don't keep up with politics. And my question is, well, then how do you go vote? How do you, who do you, how do you know what to vote for? Who do you know what to vote for? 
Now, I'm not saying everybody should have a deep dig in politics and and spend their time trying to learn all that. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to have some type of knowledge of who is Where's the kingdom in all this? Where's the kingdom of God in all this? This is what the church should be talking about, because while we're asleep at the wheel, the enemy is changing laws that are diametrically opposed to God's word. Whether it's racism, Jim Crow, abortion, same-sex marriage, the list goes on and on and on and on. So much injustice, so much illegal things when it comes to the word of God. And I'm telling you, it's time for the church to stand up and make it plain that the government of this earth needs to function in line with the higher government of the kingdom of God. Listen, I'm out of time. I got to go. I could, I could talk about that a while because I'm passionate about that part because I want to see the kingdom come. And so y'all stay tuned. We got about three or four more of these to go, and then we'll be done with the culture clash um, podcast. And so you be blessed and I will see you next week. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected. Be blessed.